out to all you unconventional conventionists. Welcome to Rocky Talkie, a Rocky Horror Podcast. I'm Jacob. I'm Aaron. And I'm Meg. Oh, Jacob, where the fuck is my script? Writer's strike, brah. Are you part of the Writer's Guild of America? No. Solidarity, brah. I see. Listen, man. I don't know when you're going to have me write something. And when you do, you pay me less than nothing. Literally, because you pay me nothing. Yes. Well, that's like, not cool. That's what the studios are doing. Since streaming shows are ordered in smaller batches than traditional network television, so they don't want to keep writers on staff. They've created a gig economy where writers are only hired for a few months before a show is greenlit and then poof, no more job. Right. It's cheaper that way. Right. Right? Well, in solidarity, then, with the other greedy content producers out there, I'm just going to replace you with ChatGPT. Sure. Good luck. ChatGPT. Uh, write me an introduction script for a podcast called Rocky Talkie, hosted by Aaron, Jacob, and Meg. The topics for today are the shock treatment stage show video, the New Jersey con info drop, and I don't know, a third thing about costumes. Uh, create a Rocky Horror-related catchphrase for Jacob that Meg doesn't like, and make sure to include some double entendres and make Jacob's catchphrase like a really bad Rocky Horror pun. Go. Opening music fades in, then fades out. All right, guys, come on. You can you can read what it says. Chop, chop, let's do this. Fuck you. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to Rocky Talkie, the podcast where we explore the kinky and wonderful world of Rocky Horror. You know it, Aaron. And today, we're joined by the ever-sexy Meg. Say hi, Meg! Hey there, boys and girls. I'm ready to get naughty with our Rocky discussions today. Oh my. Well, we've got some juicy topics for you all today. We're going to be talking about the shock treatment stage show video, the latest New Jersey Con info drop, and some steamy costume ideas that will leave you begging for more. And speaking of (laughs) begging for more, I've got a spicy new catchphrase I want to try out. Brace yourselves, Meg. Oh boy, this can't be good. Are you a virgin? Because I've got a little something to show you in the back of my car. (laughs) Face palms is the stage direction here. Oh, Jacob, that's not even a good pun. (laughs) Well, we'll leave that for the listeners to decide. But before we get too hot and bothered, let's remind everyone to follow us on social media and leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. And now, let's do the pelvic thrust and dive into our first topic, the Shock Treatment Stage Show video. I feel dirty, guys. What the fuck? Right? And 
just to be clear, all of that was actually written by ChatGBT off of that one prompt that I gave it. It's pretty soulless. So are the studios. All right. Right. So first up, we're asking a question. Aaron, you were super excited about this one. What the hell is the shock treatment stage show video leak? There was a shock treatment stage show? Hell yes, there was. So, okay, just about two weeks ago or so, a user over on YouTube posted a video that was titled Shock Treatment, the Stage Musical Premiere, Musical Archive Footage, King's Head. The guy posted it in two parts. It's from a user named John Y., and this is the only thing ever published to the channel. Sure, I can see why. Filmed versions of stage shows are often taken down by copyright strikes. Makes sense you'd only have one video. And this is that, the stage show version of Shock Treatment? It is indeed. And here's what's super cool about this. So the Shock Treatment stage show is an adaptation of the film. But it only played in London from mid-April to early June of 2015. And that's it. I am so mad that I didn't go see it. But this isn't just the movie on stage, like a shadow cast or anything. It's a full-blown written stage adaptation. Yeah, it is a whole new take. Uh, spearheaded by Benji Sparing, Tom Crowley, and Alex Beechin, with the oversight of both Richard O'Brien and Richard Hartley. That's two times the Richards. According to a review on musicaltheaterreview.com, the mut quote, the much-anticipated stage adaptation created by O'Brien and Tom Crowley takes the story down to its bare bones cuts a selection of the minor characters, and focuses on social satire tinged with more than a hint of cross-dressing and camp humor. End quote. <laughs> That's definitely true. Now, fair warning, a bunch of this convo will obviously contain spoilers, so if you really want to be surprised at what's different, take an hour and a half, go watch the video. We'll wait. All right, so there's a lot to take in here. You're down to just seven characters in this adaptation. You've got Janet, Brad, Farley, Ralph, Betty, Nation, and Cosmo, and that's it. No Ansalong, no Mom, no Dad, no Bert, no Neely, no Judge Wright, no Macy, no Ricky or Irwin or Vance or Kirk, no Oscar Drill, and no Bits. No Bits? I'll show you a bits. This is not a visual medium. <laughs> um, but yeah, all those characters are cut or rolled into Ralph, Betty, Nation, and Cosmo. Ralph has a weird arc of like this closeted TV host who will sell his soul for fame. He sings a really fucking gay version of Thank God I'm a Man, which is pretty much the only reason for Harry to exist in Shockey anyway. And also very adorably lined up with the way we do it at, like, cons and stuff. So I appreciate that. Yeah, and Ralph and Betty take over pretty much everything that 
Bert was hanging around to do. And Betty is the one that offers Janet the compassionate shoulder to cry on so we can get rid of the mom. And let's be real. Neely, Macy, Ricky, and yes, even Ansalong don't really do anything critical to the plot of Shockey. They're fun. They're often the characters that people identify with or love playing, but they're also window dressing for the plot. The first half of the show runs pretty much as you'd expect from the film. We open with Denton USA from Ralph and Betty, with Cosmo and Nation disguised as DTV crew for backup. And a good healthy dose of audience sing-along. Mad Men Mike uh, has those signs that they hold up during the chorus of the song for the audience. Uh, him and his good friend Marty got them as gifts from the cast. They signed them and even included Richard's signature. Brad and Janet get called up for Marriage Maze, and Brad gets bitchin' in the kitchen. We're introduced to Cosmo and Nation, and Brad is drugged and committed to the Sanity Today sanatorium. Ralph's new arc gives him Thank God I'm a Man, and Janet sings a really great version of In My Own Way. It's somber, it's melodramatic, it's, it's about Brad, and it's like hinting that she wants more. It's very well done, and it sets the tone of Janet's arc for the piece. Farley is introduced with Ace, and Janet's battle with the limelight grows. We end the first half with the ensemble version of Lullaby, complete with Nation and Cosmos hanky-panky. We come back with Little Black Dress, always satisfying. <laughs> and then the second curveball of the show, furthering his arc, Ralph gets the first half of Me of Me, which actually makes a lot of damn sense. Janet picks up the second half of the song, satisfyingly continuing her transformation into a star diva. We tidy up the previous songs with a bit of dialogue, and we learn Ralph has decided that he no longer needs Betty in the light of Janet's new celebrity. Betty vows to discover what is going on here. Something smells fishy. Sorry. <laughs> that is the same joke they use in the show. Then we're on to the title song, this time with some actual shock treatment. Yeah, it's really there. Cosmo and Nation shock the shit out of Brad on live television. All the while, Janet is like voyeuristically shimmying in her little black dress while she watches. Hot and delicious. <laughs> then we've got one of the most underrated songs in the film, Carte Blanche, and it gets a full treatment here. It serves to give us a peek at the soulless media company Corruption and is sung by Farley, Cosmo Nation, and Janet. Betty bursts in, appalled that they electrocuted Brad on live television while Janet stands by. She rebuffs Betty, brainwashed by the allure of celebrity. This is told through the revised song Looking for Fame. And in a wonderful choice, it splits it with Ralph, cementing him as a spineless, do-anything-for-fame little bitch. Yeah, these simple changes, like, really fix looking for trade. No longer is it just a holdover song that Richard O'Brien had written for Rocky Horror Shows' his Heels. With the change to looking for fame, it falls right into place. Oh, really? Looking for trade wasn't written for shock treatment? Nope. In the Rocky Horror Show's His Heels script notes, we see I'm breaking out, little black dress, looking for trade, and I want to be an ace. Yep. All of them not written for shock treatment. What we get next is probably the most surprising turn for the show. 
opening with a slow, sensual, borderline gospel tone, Ralph begins the song, Look What You Did to My Id, as a love song to Farley. Farley being a proxy here for just general fame. And through some clever rewriting, it becomes an ensemble piece that just kind of sets up everybody's character for the big Faith Factory resolution. That is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, right. Breaking Out becomes a happy anthem for Ralph's desire to be a star, and the stage is set to electrocute Brad for a second time in an even more dangerous procedure. When suddenly... For the second time, in bursts Betty. She has done her sleuthing and can finally reveal that Cosmo and Nation are dun dun dun, dun, dun. character actors. <gasps> and here we get dual duet. Except we drop the side plot that Brad and Farley are brothers, so instead we turn the song into a literal knockdown brawl between newly snapped to her senses Janet. Betty, and Brad against Cosmo, Nation, Farley, and Ralph. Oh, man, that's terrible. Them being brothers is, like, the best part of shock treatment. I love that the most, man. And also right. completely irrelevant to the story. <laughs> like, I never had thought yeah. about it before until this. Well, if they weren't brothers, we wouldn't know the whereabouts of Denton, New Jersey. If they that's weren't brothers, the only Farley... Reason we know. Farley would never be Farley because you wouldn't have a brother to be upset at that he got all the good things in life and he did, you know? Then just, you know, kind of falls apart when they're not brothers, is all I'm saying. Brad, who at this point has basically sat in his chair for the whole film, finally gets a heartbreaking and soulful reprise of In My Own Way, which does a lot to tie back to Janet's initial angstful version and really helps resolve their relationship. Yeah, I like this. It, it really feels like a callback to Once in a While. Uh, maybe it is, maybe it's not, but I mean, whatever. It really works to have thrown it in here. We wrap up with Anyhow Anyhow. Janet and Brad and Betty make their escape. Ralph takes Brad's place in the electric chair, still willing to do anything for fame. And Farley, Cosmo, and Nation are ready to flip the switch. And scene. We did it! So, yeah. It is really 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 fucking cool to get to finally see a recording of this show if if you out there were interested in the plot that we just described and the changes that they made like absolutely go take a watch anybody who loves shock treatment should go check it out it is fantastic do we know anything else about this specific recording it says it's the premiere is that true well, uh, in 2016, at the BFI Denton Convention over in the UK, that was the 30th anniversary for Shock Treatment, uh, Madman Mike, friend of the show, former New York City cast director, and the Shock Treatment fan club president, he interviewed the creative team behind the stage show. We asked him about this recording. On top of interviewing the team, he saw the show multiple times during its run. Mike pointed out that the video features Pete Gallagher in the role of Farley. He was the second actor to play the role. When the show opened, it featured Mark Little, stunt cast following his role as Joe Magnol in Neighbors. Gallagher wasn't a stranger to Rocky Horror. He played Eddie and Dr. Scott in a 1994 UK version of the Rocky Horror Show. His appearance puts this recording 
after May 10th when he joined the cast. So it's not from the premiere. It's probably from the second half of the run. Madman Mike said his interpretation of Farley was much preferred. So I think we lucked out there. Yeah, uh, Mike also indulged me in a little bit of speculation. And uh, in his opinion, it likely wasn't possible to get the angle that this video was filmed from from the audience. So that leads me to believe that this is actually, most likely, as the YouTube video implies, archival footage, or maybe just a recording that the theater did, but something official and not a bootleg. It's also a different performance from the handful of bootleg audio recordings that have surfaced over the years, so it really is a brand new content drop for the community. Yeah, I've, I love this. I've watched through this thing, I think, three times now. Uh, so guys, what do you think? I mean, any closing thoughts on Shocky the Musical? I really enjoyed it. The circumstances under which I watched it were both more and less ideal than the average bear, I think. I've seen it once, and I watched it once after Aaron had already watched it three times. And we got home from going out to a club one night, and we were both sauced. Of course, we came home, and he was like, sweetie, sit down on the couch. We're going to watch Shock Treatment. So we watched Shock Treatment at, like, I don't know, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, both, like, gone from being at this club the whole night. And he gave me, like, a running commentary all the way through it. Literally, like, sitting there listening to the commentary on a Blu-ray. So I don't feel like I got the full Shock Treatment experience as the cast meant for me to have but i do feel like i got a full experience so pretty good 10 out of 10 recommend the commentary sorry it doesn't exist anymore you can uh, watch it another time just duct tape my mouth shut before we start jacob what about you how do you how, how's uh, shock treatment the musical before today you didn't even know that shock treatment was a stage show right yeah yeah i was i was quite surprised and and still am i think i think a lot of my uh how I perceive a lot of the movies in the Rocky sphere is that the fun of them is like the massive sprawling casts and the wacky outfits and how incredibly weird and out there everything is. And, you know, different interpretations of art, I think, is always a good thing. It leads to discoveries of new things. So there's nothing wrong with uh, shock treatment being turned into a stage play. And I'm sure the people who viewed this had a lot of fun. But personally, I am always going to be preferential to the original and to like the, the the biggest cast with all the characters who yeah maybe each one of them isn't integral to the crux of the film and you know you take out Ansalong you don't lose anything except for a sexy nurse but still you know every every few seconds seeing a sexy nurse or a harebrained scientist doing harebrained scientist things or like any one of the weird people doing their weird thing is like half the fun of viewing shock treatment for me so yeah I, I, I liked it but uh, I also didn't like it for the fact that it was just the bare bones and it was more trying to say something. It was more it was more a, a commentary, art with commentary, than it was art just for the quirkiness of art's sake. Yeah, in an interview, uh, Benji Spearing, he, he was uh, the musical director on this, um, it, most of the ideas here came from him for how to kind of re rework this show. And he clearly sat down and thought about this a lot like the, the choices that were made here are really clean they tighten up the plot in a way that honestly i did not think you could tighten shock treatment up to be a cohesive plot like this it, it really took a lot of work and and it shows it shows 
how well that was done. Tom Crowley wrote the book, uh, so there's a ton of new dialogue. That's going to be the big thing. If you go and watch this, you're going to notice that there is just a shitload of dialogue that was not there in the film. A lot of that is to kind of piece these songs together, tighten it up, and like just accommodate the fact that we don't have all these other characters and the magic of film going on with us. But I really like it. I think it's really different. And because this is basically the only version of this publicly that exists out there, I mean... This is going to be the de facto version of this show, at least of the stage show version of this, that anyone who wants to see it in the future is going to be looking at. I don't hate that. Uh, I think the book was really strong. I remember really liking the book and enjoying all of the changes that were made to the music. And I think that with a stage show, that's kind of the bones of it. You know, and I think anything else, any other choices that are made with it, the set and the, the costuming and even character additions and subtractions anyone who's doing this will presumably watch the movie so you can see what it's like with more characters so you can always separate them back out if you want to but i like the the book that they went with and i think that will be the persevering thing hopefully speaking of the costumes uh can we i mean this is this is a tiny tiny nitpick but like little black dress that that little black dress that she wears has both straps and a back. It is not a strapless, backless little back dress. It is a strapped back to little black dress. Well, maybe he was singing about a different dress. Oh, right. That he wore when he was a young, what's the German word? Eine Kleine Herren? Maybe. Maybe he was reminiscing. Uh, and then he Janet had a different little black mm-hmm, dress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Still an interesting choice. I love the rest of the costumes. Faith Factory, they do some really interesting choices. They they switch them to white, just like in the film. That's great. But they kind of go, at least with Janet, for this, like, pleathery look, which I don't dislike, but it kind of just makes her look like she went to Spirit of Halloween and picked out a nurse's outfit. Who says she did? I'm pretty... That's the best kind, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some fantastic performances in here. The guy playing Ralph is just... I was not on Team Ralph at the start of the show. By the end of it, I loved what he did with this character. He's kind of channeling like this really early Jim Carrey kind of vibe. He does all of the like crazy Jim Carrey facial expressions and mannerisms. I Some of the reviews noticed this and specifically called this out that he reminded them of that. I mean, I'm pretty sure I even caught him mouthing and like a, a, an alrighty then at some point. So that might just be me thinking what I want to see, but like he really sold it. I was really impressed by his performance. <laughs> How many times have you watched this? <laughs> three it might be four it might it might be i i did watch it twice while i was writing the script just in pieces so it might be five i mean while chat gpt was writing the script it might be five times now actually um <laughs> one one thing i wanted to say uh we mentioned we mentioned madman watched this three times live and jesus christ this thing only ran for like two and a half months if that um oh my god what what incredible like fortune to, I, I mean I, I don't think anyone foresaw or was thinking about oh well this is only going to be running for two and a half months i better see it as many times as i can right no one knows the fate of a theatrical production um until it's over and like the the, the fortune of like oh, yeah i'm gonna see this three times and then it closes in two and a half months like madman might be the person outside of the cast and you know producers or anyone like I- involved 
to have seen this the most. Like, that is that's awesome. My God. Yeah, that is really cool. I mean, it makes sense. He's the president of the Shock Treatment Fan Club, but yeah, absolutely. He did a bunch of interviews uh, right when this was coming out with the creative team that was behind it. Some of those are still posted up on Facebook. You got to scroll back to 2015, uh, but on the Shock Treatment Fan Club page, uh, there's some really great interviews with uh, Tom Crowley and some of the other folks behind it, and it really exposes a lot of, a lot of the interesting kind of stuff that they went through. Fun fact, uh, the guy who wrote the book, not familiar with Rocky Horror or the source material really at all before they brought him on to do it. So he really did a, a job that throws back well and resonates with Rocky people and the kinds of things they wanted to see out of it without having been a hardcore fan himself. Wow, that's that's, that's something. Yeah, I, I was kind of blown away. Like, I, I won't lie, I've listened to the bootleg sound recordings of this show several times there's a couple of them out there um they're pretty hard to find but you know um they do not do it justice they absolutely do not you you have a picture in your head when you listen to those and it's so tainted by what you know from the film that when you actually watch what they put on stage it's 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 mind-blowing it's completely different and yeah like you were saying jacob they had no idea whether this was going to go on or not there was definitely talks uh as the the run was coming to a close that oh maybe they'd bring it somewhere else or any of these kind of things well you know we're eight years later we know that didn't happen uh it's never been revived and honestly it probably won't be i mean somebody would have to really love shock treatment and throw a ton of money at a stage show to put this thing on again, let alone being able to get the rights. Because you got to go back to Richard O'Brien and Richard Hartley just to get the rights for this fucking thing. Oh, my God. How many episodes we've done about how difficult it is to procure the rights, I think, just for Rocky Horror? I can't imagine the trauma it is to procure the rights for shock treatment. I bet Shocky's less... I bet Shocky's less crazy. I mean, oh, yeah? who knows? Because, I mean, they, they were very interested when when uh, the creative team came to them with this. And, like, they wanted oversight over it. And Tom Crowley mentions in one of his interviews that, like, it didn't cross his mind until he was almost done with the script that, like, oh, shit, Richard O'Brien is going to read what I did to this. <laughs> he's going to see it. And he's going to have opinions. Um, so it's pretty funny. Um, it turned out really good though. Like, you know, it's not, it's not a crazy big budget West End musical or anything like that. This was at the King's Head. Um, hilariously where Rocky first premiered. It's in the same theater that Rocky Horror premiered in, in 1973. Uh, super fucking cool. And I'm sure that that alone was an experience for all of the Rocky Horror fans that got to go see it. Um, but it really interesting, really, really interesting. I'm just, I'm just completely pumped that this is out there now and with that i think it's about time that we chat it up about some big con updates new jersey con organizers fns dropped a whole bucket of information this last week and opened up registration for all the con activities you would expect Naked alien foam pit? That one's not on the list. Cat's butthole orgy. I don't think you sign up for that in advance. Maybe you don't. But you can now sign up for the Rocky Horror Talent Show, register vendor tables, submit live and video pre-shows, and submit for ad slots in the program. You're kind of burying the lead there. 
Also, auditions are now open for Rocky, Shocky, Mamma Mia, and the big reveal, Repo the Genetic Opera. All right, we're doing Repo. Cool, 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 cool. So, if you want in on any of those shows, all auditions require videos. So, get those film director hats on and submit your very best. FNS says they can be creative, they can be show footage, whatever you want. Just got to make a video and get it on over to them. And if you still haven't gotten your ticket, probably best to do that soon. Prices go up June 1st. The deadline is June 26th for all the big stuff. Rocky, Shocky, Repo, Mamma Mia, the talent show, and video and live pre-shows. Get your shit together, casts. Don't be a New York City cast and do fuck all for your con pre-show. <laughs> Meg. Hey. Are we doing a pre-show? I don't know. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't, you fucking... That's what I thought. I have to do everything on round trip by myself. Fucking stupid fucking... Advertising deadline for the program is July 8th. I'm not sure about the vendor deadline, but space is always limited at every convention. Best get that in sooner rather than later. So, come on, Aaron. You in for some Mamma Mia? I think I will sit that one out, but oh my god, I am sure as shit excited to see it. Like, I don't know what the fuck that's going to look like, but I am here for it. Let's do it. Come on. So get on it, guys. Get those submissions in. That means you. Go to njrockycon.com and do it. <laughs> In wider community news, we want to give a quick shout out to the Heavy Petting cast out in Tucson, Arizona for their recent production of Clue. Now there's a shadow cast we can all get behind. What do you think, Jacob? Who would you play in Clue? Uh, man, I don't remember the names of all of them and like, or the actors or anything, but the lady who was dressed in all black I feel like they all had a very dry sense of humor, but she Mrs. was like, this White. Is White, yes. Flames. I, Madeline Flames Kahn. The sides of my <laughs> yes, exactly. I would, I would love to be that character. Oh my God. Dibs. I feel like you are that character. Fucking dibs on your vet. Like, you know what? You want to see me in a dress? Do clue. I'll, I will be the sexy French maid. Let's go. Ah, all right. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see Aaron as a holy shit. We've got to do this now, Meg. If Aaron's willing to dress up Yo, as a sexy French maid, oh yeah. it would be so ridiculous. I think it would be hilarious to do like a drag Yvette as like this. Like, Aww, that would be really cute. what would you do, sweetie? What, who who is your clue clue uh, uh, Patronus? My clue Patronus, probably Wadsworth, because he fucking runs around the house all the time like a chicken without a head. <laughs> Yeah, I could see you just running around like an angry, angry little butler. Can I be Mr. Body? <laughs> you want to be Mr. Body? <laughs> Dead in the first act and just hauled around for the rest of the show. Oh my god, how fun would that be? You just do like dead work the whole time, make everybody hate you, and you get to be the biggest dick. <laughs> but he was actually the butler. I don't know. It depends which ending mm -hmm. you, you think is the real one. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. That would be so much fun to Shadowcast and so much work. So good on you, Heavy Petting, for putting all that together. That sounds like a lot of coordination, and I'm sure it was really awesome to watch. 
Yeah, big congrats to everybody over at Heavy Petting. And all the way over here on the East Coast, Buffalo, that's right, our friends at the Francis Bacon Experiment have announced a September 9th shadow cast of the room yay you heard me right the room in its spoon flinging glory is coming to buffalo so yeah get your tickets for that soon i'm sure like all of their shows it's gonna sell out so fast and last up we've got a fun new costuming resource for everyone out there Rocky costume wizard Dav Rogers with the Rich Weirdos cast down in Florida recently published a new blog with a wealth of fantastic costuming content. Yeah, Dav's been super active in the Rocky costuming group and has been experimenting with a lot of details that haven't really been focused on before. Now you might ask me, what do you mean? We've been doing Rocky costuming for 40 years. What I'm talking about, things like the Paisley print for Frank's dinner corset, replicating the pattern that's on Frank's garter belt, the patterning that's on Brad's wedding dress shirt. They also threw up vectors of the butterflies on Brad's robe. Like the list just goes on and on. This is some nerd level shit. I will proudly say I had no idea Brad's dress shirt has a pattern on it. We all know you didn't know that. Hey. (laughs) One of my favorites is all the costume quick sheets. It's really great illustrations for many of the characters and the Transylvanians. There's also a lot of posts documenting the building of many of the major costume pieces, including patterns and tons of really great high-res photos. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody should go check it out bookmark it it's at drrockyblog.wordpress.com i that sounds pretty cool i've always wanted to put together a christopher biggins costume why because i'll put on anything to be big and d's nuts (coughs) boom catchphrase (laughs) you know i like chat gpt's catchphrase better yeah jacob are you a virgin because I've got a little something to show you in the back of my car. Um, Mom, pick me up. I'm scared. And that, I think, is all the nudes fit to print. As always, we would love to thank our editor, Aaron, from Tennessee for all of his work. Dude, we appreciate the shit out of you. If anyone has a question they'd like us to research for our Ask a Question segment, or some community news they'd like us to talk about, or even a cool story to share with the community, we'd love to include it in our show. Just go to our website, rockytalkypodcast.com, and fill out our contact form to tell us all about it. If you're enjoying Rocky Talkie, please help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show. And if you want even more Rocky Talkie content, check out our blog at rockytalkypodcast.com and our social accounts on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, all at, you guessed it, Rocky Talkie Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Also, full disclaimer for any of you out there who are wondering, yes, ChatGPT did write that introduction. It did not write anything else in this script. And also, you know, everything I say is heavily um, monitored and construed before I say it. So I am using ChatGPT to speak, audience, and have been since episode one. If you haven't picked up on that, you're a fucking moron. The way you talk, I would have thought it was like a speaking spell. What?
What is that? God damn it. Fucking missed the, missed the mark by like a decade and a half. It's a children's toy from the 80s. That like it told you what to say? You'd put little cards in it and be like, it would show you a cat and you'd have to, it would say cat and you'd push the letters for cat. You'd go like C A T. you'd be like, yay, you fucking shit. So what you're saying is if I try hard enough and I make enough of my own cards, I can, I can make the voice box for a slutty blow up doll. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Million percent. Uh huh. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I believe in the dream. All right. <laughs> right. So before we move on, I just I'm like infuriated by this ChatGPT creation. As as many of us I'm sure know, ChatGPT does not allow illicit material to be created by itself. But there are like uh, you know freelancer like individual developers who have grouped together to make like mimic programs like not as good as chat gpt but uh i think there, there's one that's really good for like creating D scenarios i forget the name of it but there's there are a bunch of them made and i've been trying but i i have like this one really good erotica that i've been reading for like months it's my favorite right now and i've been trying to get one of these programs to like make extra content from the original and jesus christ they're terrible it it maybe i'll get one sentence that kind of makes sense, but the rest of it, like, literally just doesn't make sense in context of the rest of the material. And this, this is like, God, we, we read that, and I feel like we could have read that as a regular episode, and, and you listeners would have been like, yeah, that checks out. Oh, it's just, man, one day our fucking technology will catch up with porn, or porn will catch up with our technology, one or the other, and I'll get to jack off in peace, and that'll be a good day. Okay, first of all, I would like to say that porn tends to be, like, pretty cutting edge and, like, leading in the tech industries. So I'm, I'm certain we've got our best people working on this. Like, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if most of the porn scripts that exist were already written by bots and we just didn't fucking know. And also, you're a programmer. You do computer things. Why don't you make the porn, porn GBT? I cannot make. I am. I'm a programmer. I, I am not fucking porn GPT level programmer. I don't, I, I don't know if fucking Aaron is even porn GPT level programming. Aaron, could you make porn but GPT? You just gotta read it. Make it ingest a lot of eroticas. Uh, I mean, I could probably figure out the the problem with all of these is the training data, right? You need so much pornography to train. Uh, actually, I mean, you know what? This does sound like something I might be qualified to do. Never mind. Um, wow. I got you. <laughs> okay, so here's a funny story. This this uh-huh. joke that uh that Jacob does, I'll put on anything to be Biggins these nuts. So I asked Chat GPT to write me a uh subversive pun using a character named Biggins. That was the only thing I could get it to do because when I asked it to be like, write me a dirty joke with Christopher Biggins, it was like, I can't do that. That's a real name. I can't write you a dirty joke with a real name. But it it would write me- it literally said that? Yeah. But then I was like, okay, fine. Write me a subversive joke with da-da-da-da. And it came back with like, I'll wear anything 
that makes me look biggins or something like that. And I was like, okay, that's enough. I, I see where we're going with that, ChatGPT. I can I can just add the word D's nuts at the end, and it's funny. <laughs> so ChatGPT gets half credit on that joke. But, okay. yeah. Thank you halfway, ChatGPT. ChatGPT, like, wasn't willing to deface a public figure? Is that, that's the whole thing? Yeah, and it wouldn't let, it it refused to use a real person's name, and it refused to write a sexy joke. It refused to write a subversive joke. It, I had to phrase it a very specific way. Uh, yeah, I, why is this weird? Did ChatGPT write this line? ChatGPT didn't write any of this. Hmm. Well, maybe it should have. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you put a pre-show together, Jacob? Huh? I'm not. I don't. I have so much in comparison to you. That you know, my I. Oh God, damn it! I'm tripping over my words. You, you flames, have so much flames, in the side of my face. You have so much more knowledge in the pre-show and Rocky area. You've got so much more experience, and you have so many more connections to like past leadership of cast. You, you are the person to create a pre-show if it's gonna be anybody. I've I've only been to one con ever, so you know, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Thank you. I've never put a pre-show together. You're not. Neither have I. I I don't. What? Yeah. And I will not admit to having ever put a pre-show together in fear I might be asked to do it again. Our doorman's name is Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. So every time I walk into my building, I go, oh, hi, Mark. And he doesn't get it, but I do, and I feel dirty. Please carry that energy with you as you rehearse for the room, guys. <laughs> oh, right. I'm going to I'm gonna steal... Are you a virgin? Because I've got a little something to show you in the back of my car. That's that's really good. It's, it's actually so ChatGPT actually wrote you a new catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, ChatGPT. <laughs> Fuck, man. Guys, we gotta wait for him. Okay. Ten. Okay. We're just nine. Eight. No, actually, how long? We'll just leave it in an hour. Videos... An hour and a half of dead. Okay. Happy New Year. Of dead well, no, 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 air. An hour yeah. of dead air. You know, it's a 42 okay. minute, yeah. 27 long video. So I'll count from zero to 60 once and then Meg and then Aaron will do it. And then we'll repeat that okay. uh, about 15 we'll times and that'll be about 45 minutes. And then that's we'll be done. That's only the first half though. There's a second video. Yeah, that we could there loop are two, it. Oh my God. Yeah. It's... Oh yeah. We'll, we'll loop us <laughs> counting the 60, 45 times twice. So that, yeah. Great. Perfect. Okay, Jacob, you start. Okay. One, two, three, four. I'm going too fast. This is I gotta do seconds. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. All right. Mississippi, so. <laughs> so there's a beat in there. I don't know how you want to make that a beat, but good luck. So. <laughs> <laughs>